thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And today we've got a really special guest on the show, and Kimmy's going to give you guys a bit of an intro to the beautiful Susie Lefanu. She's a local resident here on the Sunshine Coast. She's a naturopath. She's a medical herbalist. She's a nutritionist. She's a speaker. She's an educator. She's somebody who um, is fairly prolific in terms of getting her message out to the public. And I, I think, um, Kimmy, you spent some time with Susie last night at a specific event. And I think it's really a good segue into what today's show is all about. So take it, girlfriend, take it. <laughs> we did. We had a beautiful <laughs> night last night. Um, Susie and I uh, have got very close, especially over the last year. We do a lot of work together and helping each other build our businesses. Um, I love her philosophy. You're both going to love her. I know you know of her, but it's so cool to introduce her to our listeners. But Susie took it upon herself not long ago to share a film or to create a screening of a new film and a documentary that's out there called Embrace which I'll get Susie to explain where and why she wanted to do this, but it was really, it's a, the real key message and behind it, we both went to it last night and we both spoke at the event, was around women's body image. And I really enjoyed the message and where this woman has taken it. And, and I think, Susie, it would be really cool to, first of all, introduce yourself and maybe give us your background and then head into why you put on that show last night. So welcome to the show, beautiful. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, I guess, yeah, Embrace for me was, I just, I felt it was such an important documentary that really every single person should see. Um, it was it was really focused around, around women's um, body image, but there was a part that I kind of, after I was thinking, you know what, it's not just about women. And it's not just about the curves; it's about it's about everyone. And I guess as a as a naturopath, it's an area that I'm I'm really passionate about. You know, the the whole the body image, the confidence, the the self care, because I believe that's where good health comes from. It all co- goes back to that self care. Um, so for me, as as a naturopath, that was I just felt that I you know what I need to I need to show this, and I need people to really start. Start embracing themselves, start loving themselves, and from love, I believe that's where health comes from. So yeah, so that's um, that's pretty much why I decided why I decided to do it. And I'm sure Kim, as you you know, you were there, you seen the emotions, and you seen you know how many people were leaving, and they were so you know they were so happy and and grateful that mm. we decided to screen it. Yeah, I think I think it was a very strong, beautiful message um, around women's health. But I, I have to be honest with you, a couple of times it. It really upset me. I didn't realize just how much mm-hmm. and how many women hate their bodies or find, the word that kept coming up was disgusting. They were disgusted by their body and yet they were mm-hmm. looking happy, able, looking amazing women. Um, but, yeah, I think it was definitely something and I, I would love to delve into this more with you around your clients and health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know the girls, before we go there, before we just – Tell us your little story as to how you got to becoming a naturopath because your health story in itself will all come back to this whole beautiful message. Yeah, definitely. Um, so as a child, I always thought it was it was normal to be unhealthy and to, I guess, you know, loathe your body, um, to be to be sad and to spend a lot of time in, in hospital. Every time I tell this story, and Kim, as you all know, I... I hold my heart to my chest because it, it actually it, it can even be emotionally um, overwhelming for me to tell the story. Um, but essentially, when I was nine years of age, my mum passed away, and I, you know, my grandfather passed away from the same thing, and it was the same thing that I was in, continually in hospital for. So at the age of fourteen, and I just decided, you know what, this is enough. I, I can't keep living my life like this. 
And I went to the library and I got, you know, every week I would go back or every two weeks. I can't remember how long you could borrow books for back then. (laughs) Um, And I would get tons of books and the books are all, you know, about using your garden to to heal yourself, um, things like aromatherapy and um, organic living and physiology, kinesiology, you name it, I was reading it. Um, And so after that, I ended up to go, you know, once I finished school, I saved enough money, moved to Queensland and decided to study a biomedical degree. And I I, I look back at it, I'm kind of like, why did I decide to do that? Because essentially that wasn't really the approach that, that was, you know, that was my healing journey. And so uh, partway through, I got a, a scholarship at the lab at the uni. And while I'm, I'm so incredibly grateful that I got that opportunity because it really, it opened up my eyes. It helped me to see that, you know what, me working here doing this, it is helping, but but ill health doesn't happen just from one biochemical imbalance. It's usually happened as a result of the way the person has lived, their thought processes and, you know, what they're, what they're essentially eating. Um, so I wanted to find a cure. I didn't know what I wanted to find a cure for. I just knew that I wanted to, you know, to help people to kind of go through that healing process that I went through. Um, and so then I guess it's that those principles that really attracted me to naturopathy. So then I went on to study naturopathy. And so after five and a half years studying and, you know, having the clinic for, for three years, I'm essentially I'm doing now what I love doing. And, you know, our team is really making such a positive change on, on the coast. Um, so really in what I feel like is, I'm in the wellness industry now where before I felt that I was kind of maybe I was going almost going down the career path of the the sickness industry which is it's it's optimal health that everybody wants. So that's pretty much how I you know how I came to do what I do and most naturopaths it's exactly the same they've usually got or, or most health professionals actually they've usually got their own their own story or the reason they do what they do. So see what was the condition um that was making you so sick and your mum passing away? What, yeah. Was it genetically based? What, what was that? It was asthma, believe it or not. Oh, It geez. was asthma. Yeah, mm. yeah. So often me and my mum, when I was a child, we would often be in hospital together. And then when she passed away at the age of nine, there was a strong, you know, psychological um, shift with that because I was there when she passed away. Um, because it happened quite sudden at home. And so after that, you know, with all the emotions and then I was pumped with steroids and it was just a big downhill spiral from there and intensive care and all sorts of things. Um, so I really feel for, you know, particularly with with teenagers, I love educating teenagers and I love seeing teenagers come into the clinic because I really believe that, you know, their, their brain is still remodelling, they're still learning, you know, what are their belief systems and, you know, um, I believe at that age you can really empower someone to make change for the rest of their life. So to cut a long story short, it was asthma. Mm. You know, I, I think um, this next generation coming through is really opening their eyes. I think uh, the baby boomers were people who just saw excess in everything and convenience and we just went along for the ride not knowing the consequences and believing that the right thing was happening and then X was just a part of that upbringing. And I'm finding that the Generation Y, um, the 20-year-olds, especially the 18-year-olds are just, and even 16-year-olds are just, they're, they're realising that we've screwed it up and we've got to make changes. So it's it's heartening, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Mm. I guess so that's that, something that I, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, what I was going to say, uh, Kim, was to go on to the next thing. So if you have something to add to that, go for it. No, I, I, I was just interested to actually hear what um, – there's so much internet right now that is about body image and, you know, particularly women. And I think that um, it's been really interesting to actually watch all of the videos and how everything is being linked to some of society's greatest issues around rape, abuse and domestic violence and, you know, how a woman needs to look a certain way in order to get noticed by men and the way she dresses, she dresses for men. And I, I, saw, a, I saw a video this morning on Facebook that was kids, young girls, dropping the F bomb every second word saying you know f that i'm not going to be 
cast into society's mould of what I should and shouldn't look like just so that then I don't get raped. Teach our boys not to rape. Teach our boys to to respect women. And I thought, wow, you know, it's kind of going through all of the generations right now where there's this great fury about um, body image and what we look like and what we're supposed to look like. But it's interesting, though, that girls are still starving themselves. They're still going through eating disorders. They're still trying to look a certain way. And there's still this huge, big focus on on weight loss. And I, I, I just it, it struck me that I even had a conversation with my Matt the other day and I said to him, you know, for the first time I'm looking in the mirror and I don't I don't fancy what I'm what I'm seeing in there, you know, like this whole perimenopause thing of, you know, things going a bit out of shape and a bit sideways and a bit wobblier than what I'd ever expected. And I, <laughs> and he, he said to me, he said, oh, wow, he said, that's the first time I've ever heard you say you don't like yourself. And instantly my response was, no, 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 I didn't say that I don't like myself. I really love myself. I think I'm pretty awesome and, and I think I'm really funny. But I think <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't about that. It was like what I saw physically didn't, didn't fancy. And it was, it was just really interesting for me to experience that at this age um, which, you know, right now in my life, in this, this phase of my life, is relatively feels quite harmless inside of myself to have said that because it doesn't affect how I love myself, like myself. But I, I do remember in, in my younger years going through massive eating disorders and starving myself for extended periods of time. And there was probably eight years, nine years of my life where um, I would starve myself for five days and then eat tomato and um, mayonnaise with cracked pepper on sayo biscuits and that would be all I would allow myself to eat for the two days and then I'd go back to starving myself and that that was about nine years of that at least of that and it was all because I wanted to be slim I wanted to fit in and I wanted to be liked um, and I just, I just wonder if that, that whole mindset is still there, even though we've got this great push against it now that's going through all the generations of, you know, young kids saying, you know, dropping the F-bomb all the way through to it's linked to domestic violence. We're only ever doing it to try and please our men or to try and make men like us or to try and fit in. We'll stuff that instead of looking for relationships, now I'm going to look for education, it's, which, which seems to be the message that's, that, that's out there right now. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm intrigued by the conflict that exists underneath the surface of wanting to look good and feel good and our attachment to this bit meaning we have to have a slim body to, um, you know, what's the mental side of the damage that's being caused to us as a generation, you know, today. I know that that's a really long question. <laughs> Well, how I long just, do we have? <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, we've got an hour. <laughs> but I, well, just, I, think, I just see it being masked, masked differently. I think I, I see that the problem is still the same there. We're still, but we're just saying it's health now. And we're saying, you know, I'm going to go for education and I'm going to go for health. But underneath it all, we're still having this need to fit in, this need to be liked, this need to um, uh, uh, look good. And feel good. Mm. I, I I just wonder if it's actually if anything has changed. Even though there's still this, even though there's this big pushback saying no, 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 I don't care anymore. Um, but underneath think, it, it's all the same. Yeah. Well, I, I think that a lot of it is. So there is this whole, you know, the um, low self confidence as a as a whole, particularly in teenagers, and they do have a, a, a fair bit of responsibility. I mean, I'm only how old am I? In my early thirties, um, and so if I if I went back, say, what like fifteen years ago, and compared to what the teenagers have on their plates now, it is so much greater. So when we're looking at you know um, low body image, it's the same as health. You know, when you're looking at say high blood pressure, you don't just look at what's causing the high blood pressure. You have to look at the whole picture. So when you're looking at you know poor self body image and you know low self confidence as a whole, you have to look at everything that's you know that's that's kind of factored in there. And that's you know the 
the people that they're around, the influences, you know, the, the people who they spend the most time with. Um, there's there's so many triggers that that kind of come into it. I guess the way that I'd really love to see it is that, you know, shifting away from that whole calorie counting. The calorie counting and low-calorie diets, I feel, have, have, and I'm sure that, you know, Cindy would agree, they've really, they've stuffed up so many people. It's amazing how it's ingrained into people when teenagers um, will come into the clinic and they'll say, you know, I, I'm having white white toast with, um, I won't say brand, but one of the those cholesterol-lowering butter-like things. Um, and they're like, you know, it's only got 100 calories or whatever it is. It's just quite amazing that it's so many people are still so embedded that, you know, the less you eat, the less calories you eat, that can be um, smaller. Um, so I, I feel that, you know, going towards the approach of what um, Kim was talking when she was talking last night to the crowd, she was saying, you know, coming from an air self-love and if you truly understood how amazing that every single cell is in your body, you would do everything that you can to love it and essentially give it a hug. Um, and so that, you know, goes back to to the dietary side of things, but we also need to have a look at, you know, how's the person living? What are the belief systems of the, of the parents? If we went back um, to the parents of, of, well, my generation and, you know, the younger generation, it's that whole calorie restriction, you know, thin legs and, you know, being really um, skinny. I, I feel that there's still like this generation is that we, the teenagers now are the ones that we really need to work on them so that then the following generation, I feel that there's a lot more hope. There's parts of health that I feel are not going in the right direction. But there's parts that I I truly believe are going in are going in the right direction. So I don't know if that even answers your question. I kind of just went on a tangent just then. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. What, and what, I do agree with you. What areas do you really do think yeah. then are going on the in the right and wrong direction, Susie? What's your feeling as a naturopath? Well, I really do feel that um, that young people in particular or just actually everybody in a, as a whole is really starting to question you know what they're actually putting in their mouth I find it um, amazing when people come into the clinic and you know, they're on them these medications and they said I asked the pharmacist or you know what's your advice if you went back say I don't know 20 years ago no one questioned anything um, they didn't question it whereas now there is uh, you know a lot of a lot of um there's a lot of information out there, you know, films like Cindy's film, you know, What's With Wheat. Just as there's so much um, information where people are really starting to to take it into their own hands. There's a whole thing, you know, in the back behind the scenes, you know, with pharmaceutical companies and that sort of thing that is maybe not going in the right direction, but I feel that people are starting to, to kind of, you know, bring a little bit power back and they're actually starting to think for themselves. You know, another thing, um, Susie, that I'm thinking about is that the generation that has passed before our wives came, um, you know, we believed everything we were told. We didn't think that anyone would cross us or use that it was all part of money. I think it was a a belief. And so then um, I was a baby boomer and so... But I believe I was a very different baby boomer because my parents were very much aware of things. But I look, look at my friends who are my age now and their belief in the system and all that is happening out there, like statin drugs is a, is a really good mm. example, or calorie counting, counting. When I learned about calorie counting back in when I went to university to do my Bachelor of Science majoring in nutrition, it was for populations. It was mm-hmm. never for an individual pursuit. And I think what's happened because we are so sick and we have young mums and dads with babies who are, uh, are just always sick that I think there's a wake-up call happening and people are questioning. But we had this beautiful young lady on, Becky, I think it was last week we had her and she talked about wanting to take responsibility for her health. And the doctor's scoffing at her and laughing at her and says, yes, you just face east and go see your so-and-sos and we'll just see how well you get. You know, and I like when that, that's just, I don't know what to call that, but I just, when Becky said, I think the three of us were in absolute shock that anybody would say that to a young woman, 27 years of age, who's asking questions. And I think you are right, is that this generation coming through 
and are asking questions and are not going to stick with what everybody's saying. I'm just seeing some powerful bloggers out there, very young bloggers, and getting on Facebook and and just saying, we're not going to put up with this anymore. You cannot do this to our children anymore. We are going to make a stand. And I, I love it. I actually am loving seeing this questioning. Um, but we do. We're, we It's time to question. And I think this is the age of we're not going to take it anymore. Let's question what's happening. But I just want to go through the whole the mother thing also for the baby boomers was when uh, you know weight started to go on and I think our our the mother and the parents were starting to question themselves and therefore the children saw that and I'm just hoping this new generation is not going to to see that you know that it's going to stop um at this point but I may be wrong maybe I'm just talking to the wrong people yeah no no I get I can yeah I I do completely agree I really do Susie I want to ask you then to go just to change tack we can bring this back into it but your love of biochemistry and this is where um, Karen I love listening to her when she talks about the science of the brain I love listening to Cindy when she goes right down into bloody shikimate pathways amino acids and whatever ATP or whatever it is freaking love it don't understand it all the time but I love it you when you speak about the science and the cells and when we go into tell us your passion in your particular field in naturopathy and how that relates to your love of the biomedical degree that you got and why you love looking down a microscope Mm. well I I mean as a naturopath as I said at the beginning you know we do look at the person as a whole but I I have, um, yes, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit of an obsession with like puzzles. (laughs) I find it just so incredibly amazing how how intelligent our bodies are and how every single pathway, it's like a puzzle. So when somebody comes to see me and they've got, uh, like I said before, you know, high blood pressure, say you've got high blood pressure, you don't just look at the blood pressure. You're looking at every single possible thing that could be causing that blood pressure. So mentally I'm making a, you know, um, a mind map and then usually when the client leaves I make this big mind map and it's quite amazing when you look at it from that from that way that you see how how incredible the body is how complex it is but yet how simple it is as well um I guess where you know the pathology testing I I do do quite a lot of pathology testing and I feel like it, it's because it takes the guesswork out of out of the treatment you know I get so I, I kind of feel for a lot of people when they've they've seen so many different practitioners and so many doctors and, uh, you know, they've had all the tests done and just because someone has said their thyroid's fine, they're kind of like, okay, it's fine. They come to see me and they are. See, they're questioning it. They're like, I really feel my thyroid's not right, even though I've been told that it's right. And then when you look at it, it's enough detail. It was, you know, the TSH, which is basically the first part of the whole thyroid signaling process. But they haven't had, you know, the T3, T4, reverse T3, the thyroid antibodies, the thyroid nutrients. It goes in a lot more detail than that. So I'm really interested in getting into that, you know, that that high level of of detail because the body is it's incredibly complex. But at the same time, it's simple. When you mind map it like that, you know, blood pressure can be caused by, you know, adrenal insufficiencies. It could be caused by electrolyte imbalances. It could be caused by, you know, stress. There's just so many different things. It's not as simple as magnesium, your blood pressure will drop or take this medication and it'll drop. It's it's not that simple. You've got to look at, you know, all the factors that come into it and every single pathway that could possibly um, influence it. So yeah, that's really why I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just so passionate about that. I just remember when I, I did um, the biochemical uh, biochemistry subject at at university, and I just I was seriously blown away. I was blown away. Um, so it's it's getting to that that real detail, and I guess I'm quite a. Um, I'm also a bit of a visual person as well, so I, I do. I love seeing you know the bell curves with the dots and then explaining it to people what that bell curve means in real time like explaining to them what that pathway is and how that pathway is essentially influencing the way that they feel and then what nutrients can we use or what foods can we eat more of 
to correct those pathways. And so then that's then going back to putting the power in their into their hands. And a lot of people love seeing that, um, you know, that that solid reasoning for why they're feeling that the way that they are. Yeah. I think the beauty of, of, of the work that you're doing, Susie, is that you're giving people um, insight. Mm. You're giving people um, the, the why, the what, the how, and I guess also, too, the remedy and, and the, the, the answers to be able to experience their health and well-being in a different way, which is enormously valuable because I think a lot of what you've done is 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 a lot of your studies have been very holistic would that be right like rather than just looking at the body piece by piece you've been able to look at the body as a holistic experience absolutely well that was part of why you know when I was doing the biomedical degree that was why about it was about halfway through that I went you know what this is just not not for me it's just not for me it's not that it's not what helped me I don't it was almost going against my own my own personal um, beliefs and really going back to what what helped what helped me um, so yeah the, the the body you know it, it's so complex you can't just look at one area that's really the whole principle of of um, of naturopathy Susie can you give one example I loved your example um, at one of our talks we did recently around hormones and a lot of women out there, According to Dr. Libby, in her 20 years of being a practitioner, she's only had one woman who's had the estrogen and um, she has not suffered with estrogen dominance or had what she called a a normal cycle. I know you're of the same ilk where even though it's common to, to have all these hormonal imbalances, it's not normal what is your belief around um, what's happening? Why is why are hormones becoming such a big issue for people? Why is estrogen dominance such a big thing? Why do we see things like PCOS and and endometriosis and infertility? Can you give us a little theory or background as to what your thoughts are around the whole hormone side of things? Oh, you know, your whole yeah, life's work yeah. in in five minutes. I, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I. I- summarize most um most um illnesses or imbalances in the body i always go back to three main principles so how you're thinking so your thought processes um your belief systems and then how you're living so what you're doing so how are you moving what's your work like um family time and then how you're eating so it goes back to those three then when we're looking at you know hormonal imbalances it's usually a combination of all all three of those. I really feel that what I was saying before with the teenagers, um, you know, I feel that a lot of it stems back um, to 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 that age. Um, teenagers now, and not not just teenagers, you know, all all, all age groups. And Kim, you're an expert in this area. Environmentally, we're exposed to so many um, different compounds that are estrogen like um, we're exposed to so many different compounds that are affecting our liver pathways um, we're exposed to so much stress so much responsibility the way that we're eating is not nutrient dense and if you understood you know, how hormones balance they need that fine balance of of nutrients um, but one of the the biggest areas that I really um, try and dig into is the stress response and the adrenals um, when somebody is no uh, really busy, so it, it can it can even things that they're really enjoying doing. So it doesn't have to be. When I say you know, are you stressed or is you are you busy? People often think about things that they're not enjoying. So even if you're enjoying your um, job, but it's you know it's fair high pressure, lots of goals, lots of deadlines, your your adrenals kind of run in overdrive. What happens with that is with time they start to decline. So when quarters high or low at both points it's going to cause some sort of reproductive hormone imbalance it's inevitable because when one pathway goes out of balance another one does so and then there's another area of hormones that I feel is you know hugely um, forgotten and it's the digestive system so the digestive system is it's an elimination organ and often when we think of elimination or detox when I ask people the question they often first think of the liver but the, the gut is so important. You know, there's trillions of bacteria there and they have a, a strong role in the, the clearance of, of our hormones. 
So if there's a lack of, of you know, the good bacteria like lactobacillus, you end up with really high levels of beta-glucuronidase. And then what happens is you end up with estrogen recirculation. So your body will try and get rid of it and the liver's trying to do the right thing. But if that gut flora is not right, it'll just go back around again. Um, so it's really, it's yeah, it's hugely multifaceted. So I always look at, you know, the, the nutrient density, their lifestyle, and then, you know, um, what, they're, what they're actually, what are they doing in their day-to-day life from a, from a stress perspective? It, 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 it Does that kind of summarise it up? Yeah, it just intrigues me <laughs> yeah. that, you know, people come in and they get a, a teenager with hormone issues gets put on the pill because that's what they think is the right thing for a skin condition or someone's told to take certain medications. And I, what I don't understand, and I'm wondering if you and Cindy can answer this or Cindy, um, how come when a medical practitioner who studies this who studies the body and they obviously do a lot of study around from a cellular level and they get to understand the intricacies of the pathways that you're talking about and they obviously get to understand the different systems in the bodies and then my understanding is that if they choose to, they can go off and specialise in a certain area. Um, Cindy, maybe you can help us. Just like how come they don't think on this level that you as a nutritionist and Susie as a naturopath thinks, what happens? Where does it where does it go askew that they're not thinking about the pathways, the individual or the systems together? Well, I think it's because it's their paradigm um, and they're taught in that paradigm. And the paradigm that they're taught in is a very mechanistic view. So they're taught diagnose and treat. They're brilliant at um, understanding how to diagnose and how to treat. And you cannot deny the amount of study that those guys do you know like I know quite a few medical doctors and I'm watching interns and junior registrars and I I look at the stress they're under and and what they're studying but they are they are taught that food has nothing to do with body they do do any nutrition they don't have a vitalistic uh, paradigm about it they just look at okay well um you know there's something wrong with the heart go to cardiologists aren't wrong with the gut go to a gastroenterologist and you know once upon a time it was you know antibiotics saved us from many many diseases and and now and then we thought well if it saves us from that let's use it all the time i think it's that paradigm of diagnosis and, and treatment and when you diagnose it means two people who don't know that's what the the root term of diagnosis means and treatment means treating the mind so when you consider the root name of these words, we're, we're in a pretty bad position there. For me, I'm, you know, I live by a vitalistic point of view. I, I look at the body as a whole and exactly what Susie's doing, what are the connections, what's happening around us, what's ha- how are we thinking. And I think if the, we start to teach this back in, in school now, of all the really ridiculous stuff that our education system is doing, we might see a turnaround in how people are viewing not only how they think, what they put into their mouth, uh, their connections in, um, and bring back culture and bring back to traditions. You know, what what do our young children do now to initiate themselves into adulthood? They go down to the Gold Coast and they get pissed and they drink and have lots of sex and um, drugs and that's their initiation into adulthood. I just find it. We're completely whacked over at the moment and people need to start going, we've got to do this differently or we're just going to end up with more and more young people with self-images that are so poor. And I really think that understanding, um, and I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but understanding self-image now is understanding how much you like yourself because when you like yourself, even the smallest things aren't going to peeve you off. Susie, you talk about this because I love how you think and I think you think a, a little bit more clinically than I do, but I'd love to hear what you believe with this. Yeah, well, so um, I, okay, so I have another little personal story to tell. <laughs> um, so last year I had, I, I had my little boy, Elijah, and after that, it was interesting, during the pregnancy, I I didn't actually put on much weight, uh, thanks to a lot of morning sickness. Um, but after he came, I don't know what happened, but I put on, on 
lot of weight. I put on about eight kilos and that happened within a couple of months um, and it, it just kind of it kept going on. And it wasn't until, um, when was it, about November that I kind of went, you know what, this, I just, I, I can't, can't, I can't do this anymore. And I felt it was because I was, you know, looking in the mirror and really feeling disgusted with what I, what I seen. Last night on Embrace, they, you know, they were uh, explaining, well, you know, that she had her baby and that her tummy felt so jelly. I just remember when he came out, um, that you know, and I was saying to him, I remember this feeling like I would my stomach and I felt like I could feel my ribs. Um, but anyway, I just I, I had a lot of self self hate kind of going on, and it was last year, yeah, it was around November that I when I just can't I can't do this anymore. And I was still eating well; I still ate pretty much just as well as what I always had. I just feel like maybe I wasn't moving enough, and my thought processes just kind of went a little bit out the window. Generally, I'm a glass half person but I was a glass half empty person um, last year and then once I started changing my thought processes it was amazing that I really I wanted to start moving out of you know exercising out of the love of my body as opposed to I have to do this because I have to lose weight Um, and when you come from a place of really truly honoring your body for for what it is that's when you start really nurturing it and that's when you start going yep I know that I need to eat this because this is what my body this is what my body needs and I feel as a result of that a big weight lifted off my shoulder and from a a, I have to go down the biochemical pathway my cortisol probably dropped because my cortisol must have been so incredibly high um, last year and that would you know really explain a lot of the the weight gain and the fluid retention that I experienced um yeah so I really feel that uh, uh, like I was saying before that looking at those three areas how you're living how you're thinking and how you're eating so important Mm, I agree I agree so what would you say then to someone who was on a new journey or they've had a health challenge in whatever way be it hormones or gut or um, any kind of challenge where they're not sure what to do, do you guys all think that people are starting to focus on looking at a naturopath first or do people still believe that they have to get the diagnosis and the first point of call is a doctor and then go looking? And the other part of that question, Susie, what number along the line are you before someone does come and see you? You know, Sometimes, oh, you're the last person I've seen kind of thing. Tell us that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always, I always, um, have a little joke with clients about this. Is a kind of like you know they say, and we say it like as a lovingly joke to each other. I can kind of tell they're like, you are the last person that I'm going to see. I obviously wouldn't say it when somebody's quite sensitive about it. They're like, you're the last person. No pressure. You have to fix me. I've been to ten people before, and I'll say that's fine. I'm used to being the last resort. I'm used to being the last one loved. Um, <laughs> um, but it's quite interesting. You know, we are usually the last place where people go. Um, I. I, I kind of wish that we were at the beginning of the line or near the beginning of the line. I guess the way that I really um, work and uh, with our practitioners in the clinic, what we're really passionate about actually connecting with the medical world. I don't feel that uh, a lot of the time that I do, uh, I am the right person um, for the person. And, uh, you know, maybe there is, maybe they do need to see a specialist to get that sort of, you know, diagnosis happening um but yeah we usually are at the, the very end the very end of the line and I wish we I wish 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 that we we're at the beginning and so many people they'll they'll kind of be like oh I wish that you know I had come to you a, a really long time ago but it's what you always say Kim you know you don't know what you don't know I'm pretty sure that's you that says that so, <laughs> you? yeah what well, we don't know well I, yeah. it's not mine I can I can say honestly I stole it but yes I do say it a lot well you just always you say it a lot um yeah, so I, I guess you don't know what you don't know. And so that's essentially why, you know, why the education side of things and getting out there and communicating with people, you know, what they can do to, to better their health. And it's not just a, uh, it's not just a one-step Band-Aid sort of approach. I think what's wonderful about your clinic is you have a psychologist, you've got, have you got nutritionists? Have you, well, like, tell us who you've got in your clinic and why. Yeah, we've got um, five naturopaths and we all work in, in different areas. Um, I, I kind of refer to myself as a, 
I am a generalist, but my main area is digestion. And it's purely because the gut you can link to pretty much every single illness and disease. It's really the foundation of good health. So each practitioner has their own area that they really work in, but they view the the body as a whole. Um, it's going back to what I was saying before, you know, the, the three, that three-step methodology. Um, I do believe that psychology and counselling has a place. Um, we don't have, we have, sorry, we have a nutritionist and a dietitian as well. And it's quite interesting when people ask, why do you have a nutritionist and a dietitian? Because they've, they're both very different. Um, and it's, it's because the dietitian that we have, she is, she's very open-minded and very respectful of, of what we do. And for some people, it acts as a really good stepping stone to that whole whole foods approach. So if we can get somebody to say, I don't know, eat two cups of vegetables instead of eating just a cob of corn, well, that's one step in the right direction. And then we can step them up from there. Um, so, yeah, I, I just I feel that we, we I just wanted to have this place where people could come and have, you know, all their needs addressed. And with the physical aspect of it, we've got a fantastic network of, of doctors that we work quite closely with and acupuncturists and osteopaths. So they're all outside of our clinic, but we've got this really beautiful relationship going on with them. And the doctors, you know, I... As a, a naturopath, people often think that I am against against um, doctors or against the whole medical um, medical world. I'm, I'm definitely not, and I have a lot of respect for them. There's there's some amazing GPs out there, and on the Sunshine Coast, we're so fortunate that there is a fair bit of them. Um, so I work quite closely um, with them to really kind of get the the biggest the biggest picture possible of the person. You know, it's um. Really interesting, Kim, um, at the beginning you mentioned about, well, I, actually I think, Susie, you said, you know, when we know what we can do better. I um, was at a, a movie over the weekend. It was called Collisions. It was um, a documentary based on um, a young Aboriginal boy who was at Maralinga when the bomb went off. I'd never seen white man. didn't know what the bomb was. So it was absolutely amazing and it ended like this. It ended with... As we know better, we can do better. It's what we do with that knowledge that will make the difference. And I think as we learn more and what you've been talking about, as we learn more, it's what we do. And and this is what's happening is it spoke about the fact that you're the last person they come to when in actual fact we should be the first port of call. But what I'm finding, and you probably know that this is happening is that there's a real push against natural therapies here in Australia and you know the friends of science um, are trying to push these beautiful um, you know integrative doctors you know we've seen that Dr Gary Fedke has had the gag order um, although that's been lifted so we have these beautiful integrative doctors that are really trying to push against the system and are struggling and then we have people like you um, you know, naturopaths, homeopaths, chiropractors, all in a situation where their very livelihood is being affected. And I've been talking to many of these chiropractors who are saying that, you know, their practices are, are not going as well as they, they used to. Now, for some, I'm not hearing this, but for others, I am. So how do we... Uh, you know, make an, a, a change in the, the psyche of the people so that we can be the first port of call. You know, to me, it's about let's find balance, let's not find a diagnosis and treat with a drug because when, like you talked about before, the metabolism, our biochemistry is one thing affects next. And so you think that you're giving a statin drug and cholesterol is the only thing being affected, but there is such a huge knock-on effect. And the same goes for integrative medicine as well and naturopathy. We give a one single vitamin and how do we not know the knock-on effect from our metabolism? Like it's so many loopbacks and and then we find genes. So I guess what I'm asking, Susie, is how do we change the psyche of the people, number one? How do we integrate two different paradigms? together in order to benefit the population 
and to help these, you know, these people that have such poor body images of, of themselves, number one, and such poor health, number two. Mm. Yeah, very, very tricky question. <laughs> I guess that's where the whole, you know, the education um, comes from um, or comes in, I should say. I, I, I feel or the way that I kind of think about it is the whole, if you think about ants, so one ant is harmless, but if there's millions of ants there, you know, they're, they're going to eat your whole pantry. Um, so with every single person that you're changing, you know, when you're changing their life, changing the way that they're eating, changing the way that they're living, changing the way they're thinking, that has a bit of a flow-on effect, so the compound effect. Um, so I feel it really goes back to, you know, getting out there and and educating people and doing things like what you did Cindy and you know creating that entry and then people start questioning it and you know I feel the more that you put the power in the person's hands I really feel that that's the best way forward there is definitely a scary side to the natural therapy um, industry I mean the, the scary side as in um, a lot of people are, are really fearful of, of really what's what's happening to it um, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm operating in a bit of ignorance is bliss mode. I don't know, but I, I try as much as I can to not, not, um, not come from that, from that place. I really just try and think about what, what can I kind of do kind of, what can I do to make the, make the biggest change to then hopefully at some point be able to change it, go back, going back to that whole, you know, the ant approach. So the more people that we can change, we can educate. I really believe that there's there's power when a lot of people really start questioning and changing their minds and changing the way that they're eating. It's like, you know, in the the supermarket, like there's so there's they're starting to get so much more organic food because people that that's what people want. So once they start catching on to that this is what people want, I'm hoping that that makes really a really big difference, but like I said, I hope I'm not living in the ignorance is bliss kind of world. No, I think that that was a, a brilliant answer. And it's, I guess it is just about you working in your own little area and educating and making an awareness of what's happening and trying to, as best we can, um, get that education in there so somebody may act on that um, education and do something with it. And we are seeing that. We're seeing it in our social media. We're seeing it everywhere. But, yeah, I think that was a very good answer. Thank you. Yeah, it's interesting. I was having a conversation with another naturopath yesterday and we were talking about, um, you know, being able to introduce holistic healing into the education of existing naturopathic students mm -hmm. um, and including, you know, mindset and, um, you, you know, the psychological contributors to, to health and well-being. And she was actually saying that um, they – that there's a possibility that you will have to do a naturopathic, you'll have to go to university in order to study naturopathy. Mm -hmm. um, and even that now is a possibility that, that they, they won't be doing any natu naturopathic studies anymore mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. with the whole push out of alternative medicines, that unless it has a science degree as its basis, there will be no such thing as a naturopathy um, a course or study line. Is, mm -hmm. is that... Is, is, I mean, how does it affect? Yeah, well, so um, as it currently is, um, that is, yeah, that's the way that it's kind of going, that you need to do that that science degree linked with, with complementary medicine. Um, and I kind of then I feel for, for all the amazing naturopaths that, you know, that that, that bachelor wasn't there, um, I kind of, when that all came out, it was all like they were belittling all the other natural therapists who have a degree. You can be an amazing practitioner and be incredibly knowledgeable and have no degree. Like I love that I did all of this studying, but I, there's lots of people out there who know just as much as me and they don't have the piece of paper to show it. Um, so, yeah, in, in that way, I, I guess you could look at it as a positive and a negative. You know, if they're doing a science degree, they are getting into that whole um, you know, the, the indigenous biochemistry, but essentially, so that has a positive in the way that we're starting to link with the medical world. But some, I, I have a little bit worried that, that then the whole, you know, the naturopathic side of things will be, will be lost because there was a huge difference between my science degree and my naturopathy um, studies. They were totally, totally different. 
Um, so I do kind yeah, of get worried yeah. with the new naturopaths that are coming out is how in the way of the way that we practice and what's worked for so long, how, how is it going to change in the future? So what were the differences then when, as you say, there was such a massive difference between what you studied in science and what you studied in naturopathy? What's the difference when it comes to the actual treatment of the patient? I guess the when so when we did the um, so naturopathic studies, who you're learning physiology from, they're a naturopath, and so when you're explaining the physiology, you don't just look at you don't they're they're also then explaining the connection between the different systems and the different organs. When you do the biomedical degree, it's like blood pressure comes from here, and and then that's it. Um, so that I'm sure that with the, the you know people who are studying the the bachelor, they of course they're still going to learn about that connection. Um, but I, I just I kind of feel about the the food approach to it as well. Well, might be very different. So in university, um, the nutrition that I learned was very different to the nutrition that I learned as part of the naturopathic degree. And if you do say. Um, um, uh, like a, a naturopath's degree at, you know, there's a, some really fantastic colleges around. Like in Brisbane, there's a really good one that does a nutrition course and it's looking at well, the person as a, as a whole. Um, but where I did my science degree, they also did um, dietetics. And so a lot of the nutrition subjects that naturopaths could potentially be studying in the future may be also dietetics-based um, so that's where, yeah, that's where it's it's kind of it's it's different. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's, it's interesting to know. It's, well, it's interesting to explore where that whole alternative therapy is go mm. with that kind of that kind of foundation. I think, yeah, yeah. I think people um, who go into naturopathy have a bit of a philosophy that's so over and above what they're going to be learning in, mm. you know, in the sciences because that's where I went. I did my Bachelor of Science majoring in nutrition about to do dietetics and you, you, this is the 80s, the early 80s. I could decipher what I felt was right or wrong because of a philosophy and I think that that's what's missing. I think that that's the biggest thing of all that's missing in uh, our universities is that philosophy, atrophy or homeopathy or Ayurvedic medicine or chiropractic or nutrition, it, that philosophy is missing and that understanding because when you do not have a philosophy, you are going to be pushed here, there and everywhere with whatever science is out there. And, and a lot of science we see now um, is driven, is, you know, we're looking down through the eye of the needle and as my beautiful Dr. Steve Myers, who wrote my education program, said, is that 90% of science is incorrect, but it leads us to the 10% that gives us the greatest discoveries. Uh-huh. And we have to learn to decipher, well, what, is going, what does this mean? How is this done? And I think that that's really important, is understanding that whole science. And I, I guess that's why I did my education program, was to help people navigate their way through anything that they were doing. So, for instance, my daughter did my nutrition degree and then decided to go to Endeavor College and become a nutritionist. You know, she's doing medical nutrition and or nutritional medicine, it's called. Yeah. But she's got that base. And if we can instill that base, I think we, we may have some, some hope here. Susie, your philosophy, what was your philosophy when you were doing naturopathy and knowing that you had science and then going to that, what ended up being, did you switch? Did you change? What happened? Well, I just, I, looking back at my, my teenage, uh, sorry, my childhood years, I guess because I spent so much time in, in hospital, I, I truly don't believe that I would be here without the, the medical world. I mean, you could go down the path of antibiotics and steroids probably made the whole problem a lot worse but essentially, I do actually have a lot of uh, a lot of gratitude, or I have to give thanks to them for what they what they did for me. So I guess I uh, maybe it goes back to that was what was is that they really helped me, and so that was why I wanted to go down that path. Even though I loved nutrition and I loved like having my veggie garden and I loved making my own um, face creams and that sort of thing, like I loved all of that. But I felt that you know that 
that I want it to just go this this other way. And that was the only way that you could help people or, or you know, make a really big change was to go down the, the biomedical path. Um, so I guess it was that uh, it was like a big, you know, light bulb moment halfway through that degree when I went, you know what, I don't have to do this. I can, I, I can really do it. I can do it another way. Um, yeah. So it, it wasn't it, the the reason that I'm so I'm I'm passionate about that fusion of the medical and the natural. Gives a sense. I feel that that was kind of it's been part of my my journey. And I really do want to have that that bridge. Uh, some people, you know, when they they come in, they'll say openly that they're incredibly sceptical, that they only came because they've seen that, you know, that we're happy to work along with doctors. That really excites me. When someone actually says they come in and they say they're sceptical, I write, like, I, I love a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and so then and I know that I have to work that bit harder to really, you know, uh, kind of, I guess, educate them and, you know, teach them that, um, that this is this is more of a uh, this is a lifestyle like this is not just come, come here fix this and leave this is a, essentially a a lifestyle and I am okay for you to see your doctor if you want and I am okay to do up referral letters and and you know look at the pathology results with your doctor I'm all right with that but essentially let's 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 make you the best that you can so yeah, I just I really want to try and you know be as open as possible with everybody that I can. Absolutely no judgment, um, and essentially it goes back to what what really helped me. Susie, I just want to yeah. ask you also, just finishing out as a mum, as a mum, and now having watched um, Embrace, and now as a practitioner, as someone who has had her own health conditions, her own body image issues. What would be your messages to the generation that is coming up behind it? How would you impart all the things you've learned and what's the key fundamentals to you when it comes to loving who we are? Mm-hmm. I guess it's, you know, that whole really, it sounds so kind of corny, embracing yourself, um, you know, loving yourself and, you know, looking at, you know, everything that you're, what you're doing in your life and what you're eating, you know, is what you're eating, is it either, um, is it adding money to your um, your health bank account or is it, you know, is it um, taking out money? That's kind of, I seen this meme the other day and I was like, love it. I love that. I'm going to explain that to clients. Um, so, you know, everything that you eat either has a positive or a negative effect in the body. Every relationship that you have with a person has a positive or a negative. Every activity that you do has a positive or a negative um, so really, I guess it's just question, you know, question what you're doing. Um, are, are you are you doing things that you enjoy doing? Are you eating food that is nourishing? Um, are you are you thinking in a way that is is it is it positive? Is it is it um, is it worth thinking? Um, you know, when you look in the mirror, is it worth thinking? Is it worth thinking negatively? Um, everybody has amazing qualities about themselves, but for some unknown reason, a lot of the time when we look at ourselves, we come from a glass half empty rather than a glass half full. Um, so that's really my only, that's my <laughs> advice. Mm, so look at it from a glass half full and, you know, question, question everything in health. Tell us, my darling, you run workshops. We've done workshops together. We even have our own Embrace workshop mm. coming up soon. Um, that people can go to both our 28 website and yours. But can you tell us how people can get hold of you? And do you do Skype uh, consults and can people contact you and connect with you that way? Yes, yeah, yeah. So uh, about 30% of our clients are actually um, rural, interstate and overseas. So we do do Skype and phone consultations. Um, You can follow us on Facebook, Integrated Wellness Clinic, or I've got my own page I post a lot of um, random photos of me and my little boy, <laughs> and that's um, Susie Lefenu, naturopath. He's adorable um, otherwise too. Otherwise, just out on the web. Thanks. <laughs> and you're on Facebook, I'm assuming. Showing off. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. It's Susie Lefenu, naturopath. Oh, you're gorgeous. And tell us, Dully, is there anything else you would love our beautiful Up for a Chat listeners? You're going out to, I don't know, Karen, how many listeners do we have following us now? How many is Susie going out to? 2.5 million. Stop it. 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 Stop
And, the, and you know I'm what, our, our, our listeners kidding. are such a beautiful breed of souls and they're just, they are really, I'm sure they will absolutely love you. But is there anything else you would love to impart to our listeners as our time comes to a close? No, not really. Maybe, you know, just if you happen to be on the Sunshine Coast, you know, um, have a look at all the events that we're doing. So on the Integrated Wellness Clinic event page, subscribe to that and we're doing events and as Kim said, 20, um, an Embrace workshop. So Embrace is a fantastic film and it's all about empowerment, but this is about, you know, the tools that you can put into your, your day-to-day life, whether that is Kim's beautiful body boost routine or if it's, you know, ha- making delicious raw treats to, you know, really nourish those hormones. Um, but, no, that really, that's it. Question and everything, love yourself. Once you start loving yourself, everything changes. Sure does. It sure does. Cindy, did you have anything else you wanted to ask this gorgeous being? Because I know you've loved her as much as we have you two girls. No, I, I like. We could talk forever because there's just so much to talk about in this this genre, and I feel like we didn't really get into um, this poor body image that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I know, and, and, and I guess that's the question. Do we need to say anything more about this, Karen or Susie? You, you know, to me, and you came up. I think we do. Mm. Yeah. I think we do. I think that there's a lot more that needs to be explored when it comes to the body image. And I think that, um, you know, it's as much a psychological issue as it is a physical issue. And I think it's a societal issue. And whether we would solve all of the problems on up for a chat, I don't know. But I, I think that we could bring a new level of awareness and understanding so that the mums who are listening to the show have more tools in their kit bag to deal with with their teenage girls. Um, and then and also boys. any teenage girls who are listening to the show, yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, because that has there's been a huge shift in terms of how comfortable our boys are inside of their own skin. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I, I think that there's a whole show in it. I really do. I, I think, yeah. I agree. I agree. And I think we should commit to making yeah. it a topic. And maybe if um, any of our listeners want to put in any questions around that, maybe we'll do that in a couple of weeks' time so that it will give mm-hmm. people time. Um, and, of course, if anybody has any questions for Susie, then they can obviously also do that directly with her. But I think you're right, girls. There's a whole topic in this and, and there's a lot. And after watching the film, Susie, I'm sure, I mean, you and I both had tears in our eyes last night listening to the way some of these women spoke mm-hmm. about themselves. We had, we were horrified on one level. We were also very aware on another level. We're also conscious that's, you know, we all do it on a daily basis, um, perhaps looking at ourselves. But I guess the, the key thing for me is, uh, and I'm so grateful for is it's always from a health point of view. It's how do I feel today, not how do I look today. And and usually how I feel relates to mm-hmm. how I look. So if I haven't slept well, mm-hmm. you know, you'll see the bags and then I go, okay, cool. Thank you, body. I, I, I guess my, my reaction to that movie last night was, wow, I'm so grateful I have a mindset that goes, you're not looking your best. I didn't go, I don't go into mm-hmm. I hate you. I go into Geez, you have been working a lot lately. Your adrenals have been under the pump. Let's go and mm. let's have a good day today. And I'm so grateful for that mindset. So I think it would be cool to, to mm. explore that more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I think that today's podcast has been insightful, intriguing. Um, and also I think it's 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 left us with a whole other avenue to explore so Susie thank you for opening up Pandora's box and diving in there with us <laughs> oh thank you so much for having me oh it's been an absolute treat now for all of our listeners you can find Susie talk to her her uh, can find her on her webpage which is integratedwellnessclinic.com.au now I personally just so that everybody knows talking I have made myself a 15 minute appointment um, for <laughs> Thursday at 10 o'clock. Hey, Karen, I can awesome. tell you, you are going to love the way Susie, and I'm not just blowing smoke, I swear to you, the way she goes down the microscope, the way she looks at every single avenue, and you walk out of there feeling empowered. You don't walk out of there going, I've got a whole lot of pills, I've got a whole lot of tablets, I've got a whole lot of 
it's not just swapping the orthodox methodology across to the naturopathic methodology. I, I love mm-hmm. Cindy's way of thinking. Uh, Cindy and Cindy, I love you too, beautiful girl. But I love Susie's way of thinking and approaching this this amazing. So good on you, girlfriend. I love you. I can't wait to hear what you think. Yeah, well, you know what I'm all about? I'm all about giving things a red hot nudge. And I actually, look, I see you've got Vanessa, who's yes. part of your team as well. And Vanessa and I are great friends. Oh, so, really? um, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I know her, I know her partner really well. And so oh. I met her through Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I embraced last night photographing. Oh, bugger. I wish I'd been. Uh, <laughs> oh, <we're> <laughs> sold out. So. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Well, you know, that, if anything, is evidence as to how much this is at the forefront of people's mind in society these days, the fact that you would sell out to a a showing like that. So good on you. It was great. All of us, we hope that you've loved today's podcast as much as we have. Go to integratedwellnessclinic.com.au and make a Skype time now to have a chat with Susie or one of her team. You can also go to our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat or you can go to allthews.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat chat post your comments and your questions for Susie and for our next episode when we do dive down the rabbit hole on body image for boys and girls and also for adults because I think what starts in our teenage years or our younger years continues because it becomes a habituated way of thinking and being so um, let's get your questions and let's get your comments around that topic so that we can start to build a show that's going to be specifically around what you need Now, I also want to make sure that you guys are right across our trips to New Zealand and our trips to Africa. The website is live. We are taking bookings. We have got a few spots left in New Zealand and we've got... um, then we've got six spots left for Africa. So go to all the W's dot awaken the change within.com. Now, everything that you need to make your decision about joining us will be right there. Click on the links, grab your copy of the itinerary. You'll also have the invitation to actually sign up and start your payment plan right there on the website. So you don't have to wait. You can get your spot secured. I've got to say, I am absolutely floored. Since we launched this website a week ago, we have been absolutely flooded with people booking to join us on these trips. So please, guys, whatever you do, don't hold back, but don't wait. Don't wait for another moment. If you're interested in joining Kim, Cindy, and myself, trekking through the magical mountains of New Zealand, experiencing absolutely wonderful wineries, spectacular food, and stunning sensations and really getting up close and personal with each one of us, all of your questions answered and to spend some really intense time, this is the way. And if you're interested in coming to Africa and having a life-changing experience, there will be nothing else that you could ever experience like it. And the upside is you know that you'll be going to Africa in the safest possible hands experiencing some of the most extraordinary outback experiences with animals and some of the most rugged rugged countryside where Cindy's going to take us back to our roots of where we all started and what it, what it, what it takes to live full fulfilled and healthy lives coming back right back to where we all started so Join us, all the dot awaken the change within calm. Make sure that you go to that website now and get your spot secured. We're going to see you here next time on Up for a Chat where you become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. And we are going to see you on the ride. Bye for now, everybody. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.